on everybody. This is another installment of What's the Wave. Now, this one, <laughs> this one, this one suggested because we don't even know what episode we are because we don't record like that. I wonder why. Come on, but man. um, <laughs> negative, I'm telling the truth. But uh, but, negative but as, as you can hear, the whole crew is here. Talu, <laughs> Nate, how y'all doing? Hello. How you, Brendan? I'm good. I'm doing great, man. I can't complain. I mean, I mean, Parky, you know, crushed my heart a week ago, but I've recovered very, very well. Yeah, you were. Hey, man. I mean, my heart got crushed. Oh, we going to get into that. Oh, yeah, we got to get into that. Nah, yeah, we yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, oh yes, we are. Yes, we are. Listen, listen. I'm going to talk about Cody Parky and my what's on my mind. I'm spoiling it for the fans. And, you, you know, I'm going to get my feelings out. I think you should too. Right. Go easy on it. Go, Go easy on it. <laughs> no. So <laughs> let's get to the first topic. First topic: the conference championship is set. Right. The Saints and Rams will have their rematch. The Chiefs and Patriots will have their rematch, and yeah. it's all to go for the mm. Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Now, mm. I know what I want to see, but. It's contrary to what I think we're going to see. So, with that being said, I want to start off with um, Nate. Who do you think will be in the Super Bowl this year? Who do I think? Or who do, who I do you think? I think the the Saints and the Patriots are going to play. Whoa, 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 whoa hold on, hold on, hold on. Didn't you pre-show say the Rams going to smack the Saints? No, no, no. No, no, no! You didn't let me finish. Okay. I think the Saints are only because of the way they beat us today. Um, I kind of figured their defense and the way Drew Brees is just when he has the the ball going towards the middle of the field, he's literally unstoppable. Like it's not. We had no answer for that. None. We intercepted. We inter. We intercepted him one time, and that was it. Yeah, it was a good, very good pick by Crivell LeBlanc, a former Chicago Bear. It, it was a good pick, but the only problem is we couldn't stay consistent with that. He tired out our entire defense in the third quarter, and literally that drive just – we were just done. We were gassed. Now, that's who I think is going to go. Who I want to be in the Super Bowl, definitely I want the, the Rams and the Patriots. And I want the Rams to blow the Patriots out. Like, I don't even want them to score. That's how bad I want it. You know, I wouldn't mind that considering what <clears throat> happened. And uh, I believe it was 2001, Adam Benatieri mm-hmm. kicking the field goal to crush the Rams and, and their mm-hmm. dreams of winning their second Super Bowl in three years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is and, and one thing about that game is they were heavily favored. And I think with this game, with the Rams and the Patriots, I believe that we have two teams are basically the same. High-power offenses, defenses, much maligned. Now, I'm going to go – I'm going to let Tylo go after, uh, go after me, but <clears throat> who I think who I think would be in the Super Bowl? So, um, I told my friends that I think the Chargers have a great chance to, to beat the uh, Patriots. And throughout the season, I was consistently saying that there is no way on God's green earth that the Patriots will make it back to the Super Bowl. Because this was this is like if you look at the past teams, you look at this year's team. It is 
um, huge difference and just execution. Brady's not the same. Gronk is on probably on a break of retirement, and the defense mm-hmm. is just not the same. But True. who do they have on the sideline that no other team does? A Hall of Fame coach and probably someone you would call the greatest of all time. And one thing about Bill Belichick and that we saw against the Chargers, they are not going anywhere. They still have the same pedigree. Now, with that alone, I had to go with the Patriots in the <laughs> AFC. Now, the NFC, I had to go back and forth with because the Saints and Rams are they're like it's a it's a pick'em game. Like mm-hmm. literally, there's no there's no team. There's no right yeah, there's no right or wrong answer. Yeah. And what I what impressed me about the 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 Rams when they were getting blown out in the first half of the first game, they came back. Mm-hmm. They came yeah. back, but. One thing that concerns me for the, for the Rams is that secondary. And you would think that, okay, they have Marcus Peters, they have Akeem Tlaib. You would, you would, they literally have one of the best secondaries. You would think that. You would think that. But yeah. is Marcus Peters, the same dude, got a torch for 212 against Michael Thomas. And he's the, he's the same guy that said, I hope Sean Payne keep talking that bleep because we're going to see him again. <laughs> now True. I want but, I want to see I want to see the Rams uh, <clears throat> fight back. It's I want to see what they can do. And with that being said, you know it's really hard in sports to beat a team in a regular season and then beat them again in the postseason. So with that being said, I think we're going to see a repeat of the 2001 Super Bowl. We're going to see the Patriots and the Rams. Now <clears throat> this go this goes without saying, and this this is not me to be a Patriot hater because I love Tom Brady. He's a Michigan man. And I always got to show respect, but I believe uh, that. I believe that the Chiefs would be the way more exciting opponent to match either the Rams or the Saints. That would be a high-fly Super Bowl. It would be just like last year's Super Bowl. Points, points, points. And to be honest, we're in that point of football where we just want to see a lot of scoring and not much defense. Because Super Bowl is a casual fans game. And we want to see just a whole lot of hoopla going on. So that's why I said, Tyler, where do you stand? Well, a couple of things. For one, I understand what you're saying about casual games, Super Bowl being casual game, when you see high scoring. But I'm not one of those people. I don't really like this whole shootout, gun them, back and forth scoring. So with that being said, I think that this year, AFC is going to be the Patriots. And the NFC, I'm, I'm going to go with the Saints. You said the Rams and the Saints were kind of neck and neck, which is true offensively, but I think on the defensive side, the Saints are just the better. better but, defense than the Rams. Before you go further, before you go further, one thing that is very similar about the Rams and the Saints, their defense may not be top notch, but when they need a big play, they get a big play. True. Now, now go ahead. True, but that Saints defense has, has been dominant all year. Um, you've seen it. Against the uh, against the Eagles, and um, I think that that's I think that's going to be the uh, the matchup. But who I would want, I would I don't want to keep seeing the Patriots in the Super Bowl. I'm one of those people that yeah, I like, I like to see variety. I would want Mahomes against the Saints, even though, like I said, there's going to be like a shootout type game, and I don't really like that. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to go with the Patriots and the Saints. Now, one thing I'm gonna ask y'all because one because 
I am guilty of this. I picked the Colts to beat the Chiefs over the weekend because I I um I thought Andrew Luck was going to tap the defense, but one thing I saw from the Chiefs was a defensive performance. They actually came out and just stifled Andrew Luck, stifled Marlon Mack. Ty Hilton had nothing against the Chiefs defense. Now, one thing I do not want to do is get caught up in that and believe that that would be the case against the Patriots. But one thing that the Patriots, no, excuse me, the Chiefs need to do is look at that film against the Patriots with the Patriots and the Chargers. They have to stop the run. They they have not not only stop the run, but you cannot play relaxed defense on receivers for the Patriots. The the Chargers. Their first two drives, or even the first three drives, or you could even say the whole first half, because that's where the, all the fireworks happened for the Patriots. Right. They played soft coverage the entire time, and when you see guys like a Tom Brady or a Nick Foles, because I, because the way Tom Brady play, uh, played against the Chargers is how Nick Foles kind of played against the Bears because he was doing these short intermediate routes. They was playing the Bears were playing soft coverage on the receivers. So with that being said, he got the ball out quick and he was getting some yardage off of that. The Chiefs need to watch that film and say, this is not going to happen. We're going to press these receivers. We're going to get all up in their grill and we're going to try to pressure the quarterback. Because that's one thing the Chiefs did very well with Andrew Luck. Because the, the Colts offensive line, that's not the, that's not the one with Chuck, with Chuck Pagano's guys had. This offensive line is much improved and the Chiefs really, really, really gave the Colts the work on the offensive line. I, I, they, you know, in the trenches. So, that's that's the key for the Chiefs. Yeah. Are they, they gonna do to, that is the big question because you like honestly you don't know it. Like some teams you just don't know. Like it's it's common knowledge that you don't play soft coverage against Tom Brady because he's gonna get the ball out. He doesn't have the arm straight to go go deep. Yeah. So, you know, you had to, you know, you had to pick your poison. And honestly, the poison I would want is the one to at least attempt to get B instead of the latter. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, this is I if I don't mean to cut you That's off, but but my thing is, when you're playing the Patriots and and you know that you cannot play relaxed defense on any of the wide, especially receivers. Edelman. Just think about just think about Julian Edelman today. Literally, he just passed Reggie Wayne for the second most receptions in the Crazy. playoffs. Mm-hmm. So the playoffs isn't even over, right? So he's he's already in go mode. He's already on beast mode. He's he's trying to break more records. He's trying to win another championship. So my thing is you can't even focus just on Julian Edelman because their wide receiver game is so packed. What can you do? You have to stop the run, you have to stop the, the throw, you have to stop Brady and, and, and everything. So pretty much they have to be they have to play a perfect game, be, if we we're being honest. Yeah, they have to yeah. play a perfect game. And, against the best coach we've ever and, seen. In this and, and one thing that I would say, and I might go be maybe go on a limb here, but Sony Michelle and um James White. And one thing about James White, do you really hear about him in the regular season? It seems like every postseason you just hear about him, he just doing something. Yeah. It's literally just, it's it's just in the postseason, but they always do that. Yeah, and, and one thing I will say and stopping one is imperative because both when the Chargers have a very, very good front. They made the Patriots made them look like amateurs today. Yeah. It, it was it was that yeah. bad. Yeah. So stopping the run is imperative. Justin Houston has to be in that middle 
And, and I know Justin Houston's been waiting for this because this is a guy. He's one of the, he's considered one of the one of the best linebackers of this decade. He has not won a playoff game until he the Chiefs defeated the Colts. This is a game he needs to show up and be that man. He yeah, needs yeah. this. This is the most important game in Justin Houston's career. You know, but um, but uh, I want to ask. I'm gonna you know drift away from the playoffs. I actually want to ask Nate a question. With the performance of Nick Foles late late in the regular season and the, and the, in the first two rounds, what do you do about the quarterback situation since Nick Foles is a free agent after the season? Well, better question now, is: Do you even do you even think that y'all have a quarterback situation in Philly? What we have a ter- we have a really bad like quarterback situation. Okay, so that on. means we don't even know who to start. So that means you're Let's doubting Wentz as the future. No, I'm never doubt. I'm never doubting any of my my uh, my quarterbacks or any of my teammates. Um, literally, I feel as though it's not that we have a quarterback situation to where we don't have good quarterbacks. The problem is we have an unexperienced or inexperienced quarterback in Wentz who doesn't know what to do in big moments, who doesn't know what to do down the stretch sometimes. Yeah, he's a great quarterback. He showed himself the first season, but then he got hurt. Then he came back and everything wasn't the same. So that's showing his inexperience. Then we also have Foles who, yes, he is. He has he has the magic. He has the magic touch, but that's a Kirk Cousins situation mm-hmm. to me. Like, I feel as though he only shows up, you know, Every now and then, not every, you know, he's not very consistent, and that's the problem. That we're whoa, having. now I feel like what we should do, and what you feel like he's consistent. No, see, no, my problem with what you said is the Kirk Cousins uh comparison. He doesn't, Nick Foles doesn't remind you of Kirk Cousins. I'm not talking about the way they play or anything, I'm saying he doesn't remind you of the way um they win. Like when they win, they win, they go all out, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. but. When they lose, they can't get out of it. Like they can't get out so, of the slump. They they they're stuck. So basically, what you're saying is Nick Foles is like Kirk Cousins in the sense that when he's when crazy. he's good, he's great. When he's bad, he's yes. really bad. I would tell yes. you this: the pedigree matters in which in, in that comparison because yeah. you can you can say Nick Foles is can you can say Nick Foles is streaky. I I totally agree with that. But you know what Nick Foles has that Kirk Cousins doesn't. He has actually, he has a playoff win. Oh, and better yet, yes. he has a Super Bowl win. Kurt- now I don't mean it. Okay, true, but I don't mean it as as in uh, uh like accolades. I don't. No, I, I know. I just wanted. I just want to make that point. That, that's all. That's all. I got. I got what you. Nah, said. yeah, definitely. And I appreciate you saying that because I don't want the fans to you know think of anything else. Tell but kick I'm rocks, saying, go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, like pretty much, it's it's more of like I rather. We test out Nick Foles in free agency, see what we get, mm-hmm. um, and then try to trade if we if we can. I wouldn't trade just for draft picks. Or well, anything. that can't be the case anymore since he's going to be a free agent. That that would have been the case last year, but last yeah. year, yeah. But I'm saying if we do anything with Wentz, like that too. Now, so, Nick, question. Now, okay, go ahead, go ahead. So, so Nick, question. You're you're Howie Roseman, general manager of the Eagles. Are you saying that you go ahead with Wentz and you try to move Foles, or what would you do? Me personally, I would have Wentz shadow um, Foles. So you would bench Wentz? Yeah. 
I definitely don't get me wrong. I'm not okay. I'm not. You guys aren't listening. When when Brady was benched, nobody knew that Brady was going to turn out this way. But Brady now, I'm not saying. Yeah, of course, Wentz had a great first season. Okay, cool. He came in the second season and did not do the same thing. Which means he's not equipped. He's not ready for it. It's it was more than one game. It wasn't just you know a one game and and, and done. No, he had several games to try, and it did not work out. Foles brought us back into the playoff situation. All right, so so that's why he deserves to start. I'm not going to sit out. The I'm not going to bench the person that literally won us the Super Bowl and kept us going along in the playoffs the next season. There's okay, no so let me. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, no, no, it's, it's all good. But let me ask you a question. Now, do you believe now, – now, now, actually, I'm going to ask you two questions. Number one, would you outright bench Wentz for Foles? No. Okay, because no. now – okay, so that, so that basically answers my second question because I believe that if you are going to have what you call a, con- a quarterback controversy, I believe you need to get the best out of the two, which means you need to have to compete in the, compete in the preseason because if, you, if, 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 we're being, if we're being, like, honest – Carson Wentz has to separate himself from Nick Foles because we are seeing the difference between the offenses when both quarterbacks are on the field. One th- and what team does better when Nick Foles is on? Exactly. Yes. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. But 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 that but that's the thing. It's 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 not a consistent thing because it's 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 a small sample size. Regardless if he won the Super Bowl or not, we saw Carson Wentz at least put the Eagles in contention. Because let's be real. This season, well, 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 of course, but this season, he, it wasn't all his fault because remember, remember, because when when the defense had its injuries, it was still, it was terrible because we saw the first time when the Saints, when the the Eagles played the the Saints, they got blown out and it took time for the, the defense to gel. So that, that alone, you know, helps Carson Wentz's case to be the starter. But this is this is the problem. This is the problem that I'm having mm-hmm. right now, right? So Wentz is obviously gonna be the better choice in the long run because we know Wentz is good. Nobody Absolutely. Wentz is right. Um but what I'm trying to explain is that Wentz right now is not he's not equipped. We're trying to win another Super Bowl. We just got there. So we're not trying to go a step backwards and go into rebuilding mode. We don't need to rebuild like we don't need to do none of that. Absolutely I agree. When we're all healthy, we're honestly one of the greatest teams in the league. Not saying I say I say a top five team. That's we're we're definitely a top Mm -hmm. five team. We're definitely a contender. We're definitely a a championship contending Mm -hmm. team. So there's no way that I'm going to sit out somebody who won us a Super Bowl. Like he deserves the starting spot. I doesn't that doesn't mean he needs to stay there for the remaining season. I mean remaining of the season, but that means that he deserves that starting spot when the season starts next year, if we decide to keep him or if he decides to stay. But my thing is I rather Wentz five years from now. Of course. Now and, and, because I know Wentz is gonna And one play. thing that I am fearful of some team is going to be a fool and give Foles a big contract. And and I'm yeah. I say a fool because you have to look. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but you have to look. When he was on the Chiefs, they the uh Doug Peterson was the offensive coordinator. 
Yeah. And we saw when he came in for Alex Smith for a couple of games because Alex Smith got a concussion that year. I forgot which year it was, but he got a concussion. Mm-hmm. And what happened was he came in, he did his job. Mm-hmm. Foles was about to retire from football. Peterson brought him back for a reason because their 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 comfortability with each other you it shows when when they're on the field when it unfolds on the field. Mm-hmm. Now who's to say that if Foles gets a big contract somewhere he can do the same thing that he's doing in Philly, and 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 basically that's my way of saying it is very 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 possible that Foles is a, is a system quarterback. Right. Okay. So this is my problem, mm-hmm. right? I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, you're talking about uh, that was 2016 when Alex Smith got uh, the okay. concussion. Mm-hmm. Um, Foles definitely did his thing. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to take that away from him. But you got to understand that he's old. Exactly. He's old. Exactly. He's, he's 29. That's not a problem. He's not. He's not he, ancient. He's, he's not, not ancient old, history, but like, but, he's, but not. He doesn't. He's not going to. It's going to be hard to give him. A, a, a five-year max contract because in the next three years, who knows? Exactly, and you have to be careful with quarterbacks because look, because AJ McCarron got a good contract in the old season. Two years ago, Mike Glennon got thirty million from the Bears. Now they like grants. No, granted, his uh, bad signings, though. yeah, I mean, they were bad signings, but that's what the market demanded for quarterbacks was. And you're gonna see that with Teddy Bridgewater, and not to say Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater is a bad quarterback, but is he going to be worth the big money he's going to get? Probably not, because we saw him in the last game with the Saints. He didn't look good, and this is a guy that hasn't played much football ever since coming back from that catastrophic knee injury. So we had, so they have teams have to be aware of yeah. who they're getting when they get Teddy Bridgewater or even Nick Foles for that matter. Right. Here's the thing, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not disagreeing with you, Brandon, when you say that Foles is a system quarterback and. He benefits from being the Doug Peterson. Right. But I think that that adds to the case that it might be a better fit to keep Foles over Wentz. Hear me out, right? Uh-huh. You said that Peterson kind of resurrected Foles when he was with the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. He contemplated retirement, and then Peterson brought him to the Eagles. Mm-hmm. When you look at the Eagles play, when Foles is on the center and as Wentz, there's they they're better efficiently with Foles. Now, Wentz, yeah, they are. Wentz is, they are. Wentz is a great young quarterback. He has all the, the athleticism, the arm strength, and all of those things that you would want in a young quarterback. But I'm saying maybe for this system, for this Doug Peterson team, he might not be as good as a fit as Foles. You know, it, and it's interesting because I wonder. Because one thing I watched once this season, and one thing I noticed about him, he. He held the ball longer than he, you know, than usual. I wonder if that's him being gun shy because of his injury, and he's not he's not fully back because I I, I believe he was rushed back. Mm-hmm. I don't think that he was all the way healthy because you know when when you're not ninety when you're like ninety five ninety percent you know and you're playing, you're not gonna be you're not gonna you know get better as the season progresses. I mean, mm. I don't. At least I don't think so. So I wonder if that was the issue with his play, and you know, and that ultimately yeah. affected, uh, you know, his pocket presence. So what do you think would be better for him? You know, this is such a hard topic. I really don't have an answer because it, it, 
you don't know because if you if you're giving up on one of these quarterbacks, you're giving up on a good quarterback. And usually, you know, this as the saying goes, if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have a quarterback. Now, it's easy. It's it's really hard to tell because you have a guy that has a Super Bowl pedigree, but you have also have a guy that digressed. You know, last you know this season, so it's going to be really really hard. But I think. And this is just my opinion. If the Eagles, I think what the Eagles are going to do, they're going to go, they're going to go the young route, keep Wentz, and let Foles walk in free agency. If I'm Rosen, I keep Foles and I let I not trade Wentz for for either pick. Nah, you can't that's... trade. You can't. You can't trade Wentz. Not only that, but Wentz's his his durability is also in question. It's not in question it's... because he was never healthy when he came back. He literally came back just to be there. Just so he can say, I have my. No, right, I think, but, wait, wait, but his, yeah, exactly. That's that's his you point. Have to, you have to factor that in. Yeah. He can true, have all the true, talent true. and all the athleticism and the intangibles, but if he can't stay on the field and produce, that then, might what, be then what is it for? Exactly. And that's, that's, what, that's what I'm trying to say, but he needs to shadow Nick Foles. I don't think Nick Foles should leave. I think Nick Foles should stay on the Eagles. I feel like. Nick Foles just needs to understand that maybe the starting spot won't be yours in the next two seasons, but you definitely need to be on that team because if he goes anywhere else, first of all, he's not he's not gonna have the career he's having. It's not gonna be as good as he as everybody thinks he's gonna be. Now the all right, so we I I, I we really need to move on because this is kind of overriding, but what one thing I wanna say. If you have uh, went shadowing foes, the league is going to come. There's going to be a team that's going to have an offer that no one's going to that the Eagles yeah. are not going to refuse. Exactly. So that that won't be the case. Someone's going to have to go. Yeah. So that's that's just the reality. Yeah. So and it might be both. Yeah. It might. <laughs> so, uh... so all right. So next. Next topic, Antonio Brown may not be a stealer in 2019, 2020. Yeah. And it all stems from an altercation alleged with Ben Roethlisberger during week 17 preparation. And he was inactive for week 17, walked out, had conversations with James Harrison, Chad Johnson, this stand the third. He's, he's, he's done a lot. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, the whole situation is ugly. So, I want to know, Tyler. I want you to go first. Okay. We know Antonio Brown looks bad in this situation, but do you believe that he is solely to blame for the Steelers' dysfunction? Oh hell no! If you if I, you can't blame AB for all of this. You have to you have to give Ben Roethlisberger some of the blame. Yeah, here's why. He's a lot of it. A lot of picky, but go ahead. Because him as the quarterback, he's not, let's be honest, he's not, as what it seems, he's not a very good leader. He is a horrible leader. He's a horrible, yeah. He's horrible. You see the things that he says about AB, he kind of shades him, he points fingers. I forgot which game it was, but he, uh, and a reporter asked him a question that he told the reporter that we should have gave it to Juju. The Broncos game. Right. All three, all three times, Juju. all three oh, yeah. times, he wanted to and give it to have, Juju. Yeah, when you have somebody the caliber of AB, uh, top 
top two, top top three wide receiver in the game. And you talk about how you should have passed it to Juju. Granted, Juju is a he's, he's a great. He's great. He'll be a number one on any team. Anyone's team. absolutely. Be one. But when you have A B and you know that the wide receiver position itself is a diva narcissistic kind of braggadocious position. Mm-hmm. Why why risk ruining the morale, the chemistry that you have with your number one by pointing fingers and playing the blame game? Now, that doesn't that doesn't mean that A B is not at fault. Because A B he has some fault and some blame. He uh his actions aren't the most mature. But you mm-hmm. can't just completely fault him. Even Tomlin has some of the blame too. He, he, he does. This, he let this get out of hand. Even taking back to last season with the whole Facebook live, you wait. know, just kind of sweeping things under the rug and just letting it go and letting it go. He added a little fuel to the fire. Instead of putting it out, instead of, you know, putting it into it, he kind of just let it ride, let it ride, and now it's a, it's a, it's a wildfire. Nate, chime in. Please, thank God. Big Ben, let me talk to you. <laughs> let me tell you something. You have literally one of the best wide receivers in the league, top two, top three, whatever you want top to say. Top one. He's oh, damn near the best. <laughs> He's damn near the best, right? You telling me instead of going, you know, off camera or in the locker room or, you know, just by text or, or call, you can, you can go off on him anytime you want. You can say whatever you want, but at the end of the day, that's your brother. That's your, that's your teammate. You're supposed to so you're supposed to tell him in private a way you feel, not in front of the camera. And you've been doing this your entire career. You've been pointing fingers your entire career. Everybody respects you, but honestly, you honestly sometimes don't re- deserve the respect that you get. Mm. Because, yes, you're a great quarterback, but sometimes you're a little bit of a jackass. Mm. And I'm, I, I love you, man. Like, honestly, like, I do respect your game. Like, I'm not trying to take nothing away from what you do. And Antonio Brown... Hell no, you're not, you're not, uh, you're not, you know, fully to blame, but you're not innocent at all because at the end of the day, you're both wrong. Your coach is wrong, the team is wrong, the organization is wrong. What even happened in the locker room to to Le'Veon Bell Mm -hmm. is wrong. Everything that's going on right now is all because of the organization not controlling the situation. Whoo, you know, something you brought the heat on that, by the way. I like I like that. I had to because that's like that's, that. that's something that has been bothering me. And I haven't brought it up to you guys, but I've just been thinking about it for like a while. And it's just like it, it drives me insane how a team, this is a team with what how many how many championships this I think team has? Five? About think how many I don't understand how you can be one you were just the leading championship team. And you're telling me you guys are having this was a Super Bowl team. High school drama. This was a this was a Super Bowl team. team. This was a Super Bowl contender team. And you know something? Y'all missed something. Both of y'all. Y'all both missed something. Why do you think all this dysfunction is happening with the Steelers? Where do you think this came from? Le'Veon Bell. Not signing back Le'Veon Bell was the biggest, biggest mistake the Steelers could have did. Because let's let's be real about something. The Steelers mm-hmm. respect James Conner, and they respect his story, and they respect his game. They knew there was going to be a, much of a drop-off because of that. But James Conner is not Le'Veon Bell. And I think that 
when he didn't sign the contract and players started going through his stuff and all that, that was very divisive. And who was to who is the person that needs to step in and say, "What are y'all doing? What? Why are you going through this man's stuff? He is not on his team. He basically wasn't on the team at this point, and you want to invade his privacy and." Obviously, that's not going to sit well with a lot of players because I'm pretty sure a lot of people, a lot of players support Le'Veon Bell and what he's doing and what he's trying to do because they realize at the end of the day, it's a business. And and when you look at it, it's, it, it seems as though that he was used as an excuse Let as to why or, or Antonio. Uh, Le'Veon. Le'Veon was used as, as an excuse because okay. Big Ben, because Big Ben had the nerve, the nerve to sit there and say, "I think one of the interviewers asked him a question, saying, oh, where we're wrong this season? I think the distraction Le'Veon Bell uh, is what everything went wrong. Really? Mm-hmm. Where was this when y'all were seven two and one? Right. Uh, but but now but now yeah, you want to sit there and." Put the blame on Le'Veon, who's naming on the field. He's been quiet for most of this. He hasn't said anything. he hasn't said anything. He made a tweet out a couple of things, but that's about it. He's not doing anything wrong. He he didn't do anything wrong in terms of saying anything, shading the Steelers, all of that. He didn't he didn't do any of that. And I just don't get how we talk about Antonio Brown, Devo, all this other stuff. Big Ben had the ego, the big enough ego to sit there and say, I've been in the league for this this many years. I have a, I have, I have a lot of I have a lot of success. I think I have the right to criticize my plays. Fine. You can do that. Because you you you're a two time Super Bowl winning champion. But you know Hall something else? Yeah, he's a Hall, he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. But you know something else? You are the same guy that never holds yourself accountable for when you make mistakes. And not only that. Last season, he contemplated retirement. Yeah. Everyone, everyone, yeah. he needs to so retire. How you get, so, how did you get from, oh, I don't know if I'm going to play, I'm nonchalant about it, to now you want to criticize somebody that's been there every game? Exactly. Every, game, every year. Great point. I, I totally forgot about that. Totally Didn't forgot. It, I don't but, know, bro. For me, for me, it just annoys me. That Ben acts like like my thing is how can you possibly be you know top fifteen greatest quarterbacks and top fifteen? Uh, Where do you put him? Uh, debate for another day. Yeah, that's a debate for another day. I, I'll get back to you anyway. I'll get anyway, back to you on that one though. Top fifteen, top twenty, whatever you want to call it. The only reason why I give him that is because of his height and, and you know the way the way he plays. But right. other than that, um, other than that. You're arguably one of, you know, the best quarterbacks to play. I'm not saying the greatest, but you're one of the best. And people do look up to you. Do they? Yeah, people, bro, what? People look up to this man every day. Wait, wait, wait. are you talking about players or fans? No, 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 fans. Whoa, I don't know about that. Now they don't. Now before they don't. No, season, I don't think before, before that. No, I no, don't no, 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 no. Because before I remember, I remember even getting into arguments with Steelers fans, and they all they ever did was bring up uh, Ben. They never, they never. Well, about uh, well, of course, of, co- of course, because that's that's, 
That's a Super Bowl winning quarterback. And you know something? When you win Super Bowls, your transgressions get ignored. You know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I know. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. But I want to talk to you about something because this 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 uh, this bothered me a little, and I see a lot of takes of it on Twitter mm-hmm. because everybody got an opinion on Twitter. You know, whatever. But mm-hmm. um. Uh, Ryan Clark, mm-hmm. and, uh, anchor, uh, I mean, not anchor, analyst on ESPN, said that if you give Antonio Brown money, you're going to turn him into a monster. Right. Also said they should be shopping Antonio Brown. <clears throat> Antonio Brown replied to Ryan Clark, call him an Uncle Tom. Now, I want to deviate for sports because we're, we're, two, we're three black men, and I think that this is a conversation we should be having because mm-hmm. I don't like all these other people chiming in and having an opinion about this because this is this is a black thing. I'm just going to call it like it is. So, yeah. I want you to, uh, like, what, how, where do you, where do y'all stand on calling other black men an Uncle Tom? I don't know who you want to go first. Um, I'm just go first. Yeah, you'll, you can go first. Um, Ryan Clark, I'm going to talk to you real quick. You, um, Kind of being an Uncle Tom right now, man. I'm not. I'm not trying to. I'm not even. I, it's not. It's not. It's an insult. Like that's that's something where we're we're looking back at history and we're talking about somebody who knows what the problem is. You're one of us, and you're literally still the problem. So I understand where Antonio Brown is talking about. He's an Uncle Tom because he's another black man in the football league, literally one of the greatest in the football league, and you're trying to tell me that I'm going to turn into a monster just because I'm dancing in the end zone when I score because that's how easy it is for me. And the fans love it, and my teammates love it, and every other player loves it. So I don't understand where he's wrong for getting money or or, or doing anything that he loves to do when he's winning. It's not like he's being a sore loser or anything like that. Every time he loses, he's taking accountability for everything. And he literally deserves the money. So how can he become a monster when he's working for it? How can you call somebody out for for doing what you hired them to do? Like I don't I don't get that. That's what that's what my problem is. Tell you wanna take this one? <clears throat> Here's the thing. And the specific Situational uh, conversation. I can't really speak on Ryan Clark and Antonio Brown because they have a personal relationship. They have personal disputes and things like that. So I can't speak on like their personal situation and like if it's right or if it's wrong. Mm-hmm. But in a generalized term, to call another black man an Uncle Tom, that. It's shaky territory because the meaning of Uncle Tom, and we'll just we'll be honest here, is a black man that's considered to be excessively obedient to white people, mm-hmm. or someone that's that's seen as betraying their culture. Mm-hmm. So when you look at Ryan Clark's actions and what he said or how he felt, I don't think it warranted Antonio Brown to call him Uncle Tom. I don't think he betrayed 
Antonio nah, that's, that's was betrayed. Wait, let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. Yeah, yeah. Because because if you heard Ryan Clark talk on ESPN, he gave a story about Antonio Brown acted during practice squad meetings and how he was the disruption before they gave him the money, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think Ryan Clark was speaking just from a experience point of view. So to attack Ryan Clark's character and say that he's an Uncle Tom, I think that was out of line. To just say that he uh, he could have said he doesn't know what's going on, he's not informed enough, but to call him an Uncle Tom, I think that that crossed the line. Nate, you can respond, but I'm a, I want to I respond to both of y'all, but go ahead. <clears throat> My thing is I understand what you're saying, Tylo, don't get me wrong. Like, I get you. But you have to understand what Antonio Brown is trying to say. Okay. Ryan Clark is on ESPN, wherever he network he's on. ESPN talking, whatever, cool. So he's he's on he's talking, doing his thing. He's not one to really stick up for us. That's one. Ryan whoa, Clark. whoa, 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 whoa! Don't whoa me because I've seen I've literally seen shows where Ryan Clark did not stay. I'm not saying not every single time, but I've I've seen shows where he did not speak up for us at all. Like I, need, I need examples, man, but go yeah. on. I, I got you. But anyway, like I'm saying, there's, there's been times where Antonio Brown has literally done the unthinkable, and you're trying to tell me that he's going to become um, – my problem is if he's doing what he's supposed to do, what is the problem? Because the fans love it. Everybody because, loves it. Because some plays are more trouble than they are, are like, useful, and T.O. could tell you that. Okay, but do you – Whoa, that's okay. <laughs> no, 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 that's that's that's, that's not that's not a that's not an attack on T.O. But like, yeah, I'm talking about like from a character standpoint. T.O. was a guy that was tumultuous to a lot of people, but to others he was misunderstood. I think it's the same thing with Antonio Brown in the situation. I don't even think it got. I don't even think it's that far because he doesn't act like T.O. He yeah, he doesn't. No, 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 no. But 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 you gotta understand from a general sense. And from a like from a, from a football perspective, when you think of Devo, who do you think of first? T.O. Period. Like that's just that's just how you know because we grew up in the, we grew up nineteen ninety seven. We we went through the two thousands and we know all all of the uh, wide receiver divas that are out there. T.O. Yeah. was like the the poster child for that. But go ahead. So do you think that Antonio Brown is considered a diva? Yeah, I, I mean, and this, you know, when I say, I when, when I call, to, when I, when I see, call, this is the thing. I don't want you to, I don't want you to, you have to remember that football is not the same. First of all, no culture is the same. Ever since Allen Iverson came out, there's no more a stand up type of, everybody's flamboyant. Everybody. Oh, oh, okay. I don't care. I don't care who you talk about. Mm-hmm. Everybody's flamboyant in the league. So, if Antonio just so happens to be the most flamboyant because he's the most, you know, he's good. What, what what's the problem? Here's the thing. What Ryan Clark was talking about, he wasn't he wasn't discrediting Antonio Brown's ability on the field, but he simply was saying that it might be a bad idea to give him the money because of the disruption that he might be in the locker room. So He's not discrediting Antonio Brown's ability and is he worth the money to his production, but he's talking about disruption. And some oh, wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. Are they paying him to play a game and win? 
What are you saying? Both. 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 It's not both. Yes, it is. It's always been that standard. Let me me tell you something. Nate, let me ask you a question. If locker room didn't matter, would Colin Kaepernick be in the NFL right now? Yes. There you go. But why does that – that's the problem that I'm talking about. You're asking me to win a football game. Now, I talk about what he's doing. First of all, even in the locker room, yeah, Antonio Brown may be a little bit of distraction. But what does that have to do with my money? That has nothing to do with it. Well, well, money money is not the, the, the root of the issue here. It's a matter of how divisive are you of a diva to, well, how do, how much of a diva are you to divide players in the locker room? Because this is the same thing with. I'm not gonna say it's, I'm not saying it's the exact same thing, but like it could turn into a situation with Dallas, how Jason Witten and Terrell Owens feuded. One took the one took the other side. One took one side. One took the other. And you don't want that in a locker room. You never want that in a locker room. True. Okay, so let me ask you this one question. Then. Mm-hmm. So I ask this to both of you. You both can answer. Um. So what do you think? Antonio Brown should have said. What do you mean should have said? What do you mean? Like instead of calling him an Uncle Tom and calling him out and whatever, what do you think he should have done? Nothing. Cause you know something? Yeah. Cause you, you yeah. got you gotta understand something. A guy like Antonio Brown, no matter what Which I agree he doesn't need to say anything, but continue. But a guy like Antonio Brown doesn't need to say anything because in a public eye, he's going to be looked upon bad because he's in a he's in the news for something that's a legend. You know, it's not it's not a concrete thing because hell, uh, um, someone uh, the the talk show that uh, Big Ben does his weekly segments on, he said, "I don't know about any blow up that Antonio Brown had with me." So er- everything's a legend at this point. So right. so my point is, um, Antonio Antonio Brown. Best thing he could do is just stay out of the limelight right now because li- literally, let the process play out. If you're gonna get traded, get traded. If you're gonna talk out, talk it out with uh to um to the Roonies, talk it out. But outside of that, if you keep talking, your trade value goes down because some players, some teams just don't want the distraction. So his his choice of words were not good. But I kind of I I you know I, we kind of went off the rails because y'all y'all two were having like you know the conversation which I appreciate, but. I, in terms of the Uncle Tom comment, I'm gonna tie a little on this because it's it's not a situation of coming at him from a it's 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 a personal thing, but it's not something that is a constant thing with Ryan Clark, and that's one thing we have to realize here because in the media, who we call Uncle Tom, who who is like the the main people that is called Uncle Tom, Stephen A. Smith. Yeah. Stephen A. Smith is is the perfect example, yeah. and and. We we say we say that because he's not with us all of the time, and m- maybe that is the case. But patterns matter. You know who we consider Uncle Tom? Jason Whitlock, because this is a man that always drags down a black athlete. We have seen it for years, but we have to look at patterns here. The pattern with Ryan Clark, it has you you can't you can't tell me that that he's our Uncle Tom friend. That for this because that's not fair on him. That's not fair right. because we because there's a lot of people out here. There's a lot of people out here that you you could say that about, but him, nah. Yeah. And, I, and you know, and you know, you know me, and you know me. I'm someone I don't play. Okay, <laughs> I I will I will mm-hmm. I will say someone's an Uncle Tom if I believe they're a right, Uncle Tom. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And one thing I will say about Ryan Clark, and I've watched him for years because he's been on, he's been on, he's been on uh, ESPN since the Fox Cut was around. He had that. <laughs> I I've watched him for years. I've watched Stephen A. For years. And one thing that we had to recognize: we can't be locked up in everything. Accountability needs to be held because if there's no accountability, there's no learning process. And it's just a matter of how you go about it. Ryan Clark didn't go about it in a, in a bad way. He was telling a he was telling a personal story, and that's that's basically what it is. At the end of the day, it's not anything, you know, greatly personal. But that's just my opinion. I I mean I agree with what you're saying. I do feel as though at the end of the day, Antonio Brown didn't need to say anything. He didn't. He didn't need to say anything. But I feel as though I understand where. Antonio Brown. Yeah, because yeah, because it's like your 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 fellow brother, you, you know, literally and figuratively, and you calling me out like this when we won together, we fought, we fought with each other, literally, and on the field. I get it, but in that that's scene, literally why he's calling him. But but at the same time, he, but, but not, I don't think this is the thing. I don't think you you guys are are you guys are are uh, you guys aren't getting what he's really saying like he's not saying a race like i don't think it's a race thing or just it's not a race thing. he's trying to say that yeah you are you know you're black you're, you're a brother you're my brother at that we won together and on the field you had my back but behind or off the field you're you know bashing me so that's 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 basically a snake. It's not anything, you know. That, no, that's, that's basically a snake. It's not Uncle Tom. But that's a, but that's an Uncle Tom. He can say that's an Uncle Tom because you were my teammate. You were one of you were one of us. And now that you're not one of us, or or now that you strayed away and retired, whatever you want to call it, you you talk a little bit different sometimes. And that's what he's trying to say. He's like, you don't you're not always on my side, even though you just were. You know but, but see, see that's 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 one of the I problems, think... and and I don't want to come off as you know, as that guy, but like we can't condone everything the black community does because if we do that, then that's that's not progressive. If we, no. if, we if we don't if we don't have te- if we don't have teaching lessons, then things won't be improved, and and you know, you know. The other people are going to look at us a certain way and say, oh, here's, it's just the same thing over and over here's again. The problem. Here's the problem, bro. And we can get off this topic after this because okay. we can go on for days. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is the issue that Antonio Brown is saying. He's he's understands. I get. I think he understands what Ryan Clark is saying because I get what Ryan Clark <laughs> is saying. Yeah, cool. You're a distraction. But if you know I'm a distraction and you have all these stories, why are you telling my stories or our stories in in you know in the limelight or wherever like that? You can just text me, or you can literally just you know you can talk to me or call me or come to a practice or say something to me. Why would you tell us? A, why would you tell the whole story? That's a good point. That's and, a good point. Then that's because what he's, he's trying to say. He's an analyst, but he, yes, they they still, analyst, they still have they, they have contact teammate. though. That's the thing. I, I get what Nate's saying. He, they have contact with each other. So he yeah, didn't have no, to go on. You, I think that's where you two have been mixed up. If you listen to Ryan Clark, him and Antonio Brown aren't friends. Alabama got crushed last Monday, if y'all didn't see. Yeah, they got I didn't even. They, they got their behinds handed to them. 
It's the Drake and, curse. I ain't going to it, it. It absolutely is. <laughs> but 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 you know something. You know what else? Clemson got a bad man at quarterback. Yo, Trevor Lawrence. That kid's going to be a first. That's gonna, he's going to be an overall number one pick. And don't be that's surprised true. if when the XFL comes in twenty twenty, because he doesn't get out. Stop. He doesn't get out until twenty twenty one. Don't be surprised if XFL tries to recruit him. But Stop. it's not. It's not about uh, Trevor Lawrence. It's about Alabama and Clemson. Now, Talil, let me ask you. Mm-hmm. Has Clemson jumped Alabama as college football's dynasty? <clears throat> Contrary to what I said earlier, I'm going to backtrack. I'm going to backtrack here, right? Oh, here's, no. why. Here's, no, here's why. Here's why. It's because okay. of the way you worded the question, right? Oh, uh, okay. I got you. I got Are you. They, I got right. you. If you're asking me, because of this game and because of how they beat Alabama, are they now the new like the new dynasty? Are they the new bad kids on the block? No. They don't triumph Alabama in terms of legacy. Because at the end of the day, five beats two. Okay. But what I will say is that Clemson is definitely on that doorstep. They're definitely they've now put themselves in the same limelight to where they can now dethrone this Alabama dynasty that we've seen. Mm-hmm. More so Dabo, Dabo Sweeney. Um, when you look at how they defeated Alabama and just how Nick Saban really didn't have an answer, he got outcoached. Plain and simple, he got outcoached. Mm-hmm. And it seemed almost like Nick Saban kind of panicked a little bit. Like Absolutely. Four, the fourth and six, and he tried to go. Everybody knew that. that I, could, I, I couldn't believe he so went for, for it. Like, I couldn't <laughs> believe it. I couldn't believe it either. Like, everyone in the stadium knew. The defense knew. They knew it was going to be a fake. And for him to run that, it just showed cracks in the armor. I won't say that Alabama is completely dethroned, but it was definitely – a tank in the armor for Nick Saban and Crimson Tide. I to- I totally I totally agree. But you know something? I'm gonna I'm gonna do you one better. Okay. I'm not ready to elect Clemson as the next dynasty. You wanna know why? Mm-hmm. And and this is gonna go out on a little bit of a limb because this is a team that just lost their bowl game when oh, people God. when people said they should be in a college football playoff. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. The Georgia Bulldogs are coming. The Georgia Bulldogs are being coached by Kirby Smart, who is the one of the best coaches in college football already. Now, they lost their they mm-hmm. lost the, the conference championship to um, Alabama. Granted, they, right. they lost, but one thing about them, they recruit very very well. The defense is always good. They have a they always have good running backs. If you haven't noticed, Georgia always has good running backs. They do. Yeah. They do. The, and Jake Fromm has to win a national championship this year because if he doesn't, then, you know, the, the window might close for Georgia. But it depends on how Kirby Smart recruits because from at this point, he's done very, very well. But I, I was there on the doorstep, but I do think Clemson is on its way. Clemson yeah. could, could Clemson. mess around and win the next two national championships, all because of the man that's at quarterback. Trevor Lawrence, I'm going to go out and say this. Trevor Lawrence is – because I've, I've been alive, you know, since 1997. I, and I didn't see Peyton Manning. I know he was the greatest pro- quarterback prospect ever, you know, mm-hmm. to a lot of people. Yeah. The best quarterback I, I, prospect I've seen 
in my time of living is Andrew Luck. He might be better than Andrew Luck. Might? He might no, might. I'm gonna give him because I I, I don't want to jump to the conclusion because he's a true freshman. You know, because you know, it could be a Matt Barkley situation where this dude was slated to be the next big thing, but you know where he is right now? He 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 played one game with the Bills, he beat the Jets. But but that's besides the point. <laughs> but really? no, my my my, my really? point my point is, <laughs> my point is there's a lot of growing for Lawrence to do, and there's possible there's it's very very possible that it could be a drop off in his game. So we can't really prematurely coordinate them as the next dynasty in college football. We can never count Alabama's like the Patriots. You can never count them out. If you do, you're a fool. If you do, so. That being said, Clemson's on his way. Georgia's on its way. But I also do believe Alabama is still top dog, and they're going to prove it year and year and year. As long as Nick Saban's there, they're going to be the top dog. I, I just want to I just want to chime into what you said about uh, Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, Georgia is on the rise. I'm like, well, not even on the rise. They've been on the rise. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw the game against UMass. Where they scored sixty six points, and that I I was just staring at the TV like confused. I I, I hate the bullshit bubble, but my brother, it's UMass. Yeah, what whatever you want to say, bro, it does not matter. Georgia beat them sixty six, <laughs> so it does not matter. <laughs> Go ahead, man. Their name was erased from from the scoreboard at that point. So at the end of the day. Rise, but I'm gonna tell you this right now. Um, Clemson, uh, they I feel as though not the legacy, like Tyler mm-hmm, was saying, mm-hmm. the legacy will never ever be tarnished because Nick Saban, like, come on, bro. Um, but I feel like Alabama is going on a you know a decline, and Clemson is just so happening to be you know on the rise, and I feel like they'll take over the next five years because now that they now that they're winning more often and they're being, you know, they're showing up the best team and the best coach that we've seen so far for in our mm-hmm. generation, like, come on. I don't, I don't really think that there's no, we can't, I don't want to knock Clemson. I'm, I'm tired of, uh, of people trying to hold on to these legacies. Right. We need to give the people that, that deserves it right now and give them not the crown, but we need to give them some notice. We need to tell them, that, yo, you keep going, bro. You could be the right. best. Yeah. And that's how I feel like Clemson's going right now. That's not even my team. My you guys know I'm you know I'm a Notre Dame fan. How you feel about so, that 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 I don't stop, stop, all right, stop. All right, stop. <laughs> stop it right now. I already have enough Eagles loss, you know, postpartum disorder. Like I don't want to talk about anything. <laughs> um but yeah, I feel like Clemson is definitely going to rise, and I feel like we should let go of Alabama's legacy because at the end of the day, yeah, it's not going to be touched for a while. But Clemson, you never know. And if Sunshine just so happens to wants to stay another year, they're winning again. All right. Um, two things, right? Uh huh. Quick, Brandon, you had the little quick dig about how he beat the Jets. That's all fine, but let's not forget that 2016 game where he threw five interceptions, right? That's number so, one. It's, it's all that's, cool. It's all that's cool. That's number one, right? That's number one. It's number two, cool. I understand your point about Georgia and how they're up and coming, but I can't add them into the conversation until they win a championship. Fair. I can't. Fair. So, but yeah, Clemson. They're not in the conversation. 
he was just trying to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, 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 they're on the, on the rise. I can't put them in that. Uh, yeah, I can't put them in that same bubble as Clemson and Alabama until they actually win championships. So wait, wait, wait before can... you before you go further, let me ask you a question. Okay. If you were to pick a third team that's on the rise, who would you pick? Mm. Mm. That's hard. To me, it's it's between Georgia and Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Oh my God! Like hey, listen, man, y'all gonna make me do something that is going to kill me inside. You're Why gonna you pick. If you about to say something, you're crazy, gonna pick you Notre not. Dame over Ohio State. What? Mm. I mean, I'm, I know Urban left, but the dude that's taking right. over for him can coach some offense. They got Justin Fields from Georgia, who is a stud. I'm scared of. He's he he, he frightens me. Okay, but. Ohio State knows how to recruit. They do it every single season. Urban no, Meyer. No, no. The Ohio State's pedigree alone will get them to get recruits. That's the same way when Lloyd Carr left Michigan, Rich Rodriguez came in. He got recruits, but he just didn't know how to coach them. That's another discussion for another time. Ryan Day is going to do good with Ohio State. I know he is. And we're talking about a team that's had success in the past, that has been able to win the big games. Notre Dame hasn't been able to do that. And you have, you have to go back to your point with Georgia. You can't put them in there unless they win a championship. The, we've got to remember, Ohio State is the first ever college football playoff champions. And these are guys that have a pedigree every single year of winning and dominating football games. And I feel disgusting I'm even saying this. i got to take a shower after, after saying that. Disgusting that I'm even uttering these words. But I have to say it because I'm I'm partial. Yeah, I I I get what you're saying. I get all of that. But don't don't shake your head at Notre Dame. Like Notre Dame isn't a good football. Brian Kelly might leave soon. I'm letting you know that right now. Chip Long is gonna stay. I mean, I definitely know that Brian Kelly's gonna leave soon. I would say in the next year or two. But um, yeah, Chip Long's still there, so we're not gonna be. You know, we're not going to have a problem. Hey, I mean, the offensive line has great potential. They always do. And, and you know, another thing that I actually wanted to talk mm-hmm. about uh, with Alabama, um, actually, I know somebody who's currently, you know, in the NFL, Minka, uh, who, you know, worked, I mean, who went Bad to man. for Alabama. Yeah, yeah. Um, great I man. had the, the opportunity to, you know, go against him and track Definitely not in football. He was great in football. He's, but, he's special. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I you know, I definitely I went against him in track. You know, for um, for uh, I'm sorry. Uh, dang, I actually forgot. That's so many years ago. We we're in some meter uh, dash, and he was talking to me about Alabama. He was talking to me about the coach, and he was saying that um, he was like, "This is really the greatest coach," and and I felt like he meant that. So for me, that's why I'm so quick to 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 defend uh, Clemson. I mean, to defend Alabama in a way to where yeah, their legacy matters. But I also want to point out that we have to stop using the excuse that yeah, Nick Saban is the greatest coach. But at the end of the day, they have five championships. Cool, but that's going downhill. We can see that. Uh, you know something? It's it's. It's the pedigree that gets me. I understand you you were on the drop diatribe about the pedigree, but as long as they keep recruiting, as long as Nick Saban's the coach, they ain't going nowhere. 
You don't know that because look at look at literally what you just said. They ran the play when everybody knew that. Listen, nah, play. that was that was a panic play. You don't see that over from from Nick Saban. I get it. That, 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 and, exactly. I, I, I know what you're trying to say. That is the the sign of the decline coming. But what it's it's like it's like the the Patriots. You need to see it to believe it. I'm not going to sit here and say that. Alabama is is ready for a drop off. I'm not well. I'm not ready to say it yet. I'm not, I'm not ready. I'm not trying to say that. I'm not trying to say that. What I'm trying to say is that's showing a crack in the armor, like you just said. That's showing me that you're you're you know you're let not letting. Just so, fellas, it's time for what's on your mind. So, tell her what's on your mind. <clears throat> this was a topic that I talked about previously when we did the What's On Your Mind segment. And it was about sports. It was mostly sports focused. Where I talked about social media and the dangers of social media and how people should watch what they say. And then we even talked a little bit about how there's a lot of journalists and reporters and just people on social media that that try to find people at their highest moment and they'll dig and they'll dig and dig and dig to try and mm-hmm. right yeah past week or so we've seen another case of it not sports but a big name nonetheless Kevin Hart mm-hmm. Kevin Hart was scheduled well he was asked to host the Oscars which if you know is it's a big deal, especially for a black comedian, a black entertainer. The host of Oscars was mm-hmm. a big deal. In an interview with Ellen DeGeneres, he said how it was on his bucket list. He always wanted to do it. So when the news came out that he was offered the uh, the chance, he was going to jump at it. 24 hours later, all of these old tweets surfaced about him and these these homophobic, uh, I guess, homophobic tweets that he said probably used derogatory language. And even in some of his previous stand-up where he would use, like, derogatory words that he even, he apologized mm-hmm. for years ago, right? So, yeah, somehow they resurfaced. And now with all of this controversy and things going on, he was not forced, but he was kind of, he he had to turn down hosting the Oscars. And my point is that at some point in time, this has to stop. Where if somebody's on that high mountaintop and they have, they accomplish something great or about to, why dig to try to find something on them or try to bring them back down to whatever position that you feel like they should be? I feel like this this digging and this, this scavenger hunt for dirt has to stop from journalists and from people yeah. in the media. Talu, I couldn't agree with you more. And it, it's, you know, I talked about this with Josh Hader, and, and I, I defended, you know, people doing it because I think people have the right to know if they, like, if people have a, you know, a certain background. And obviously that's not, you know, not to say that that's the person who they are now because that would be unfair to say because we don't know that. Right. But at this point, it is getting absolutely ridiculous. This cancel culture is so toxic for the reason that you guys don't give, you know, in general sense, you guys, but you guys don't give people a chance to 
change or they've explained themselves. Y'all just so quick right. to say, oh, you're a bad person. You said, you said this, you said that. I'm sorry. Are you perfect? Have you said, every, have you said the right things all the time? And think about this. Exactly. It doesn't have to be a social media thing. It can be a, a personal thing. You know you have said some bad things in your, in your, in your lifetime. So is that the insecurity that you that you uh, project onto other people to try and ruin their lives? Is that what's going on here? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's come on, this is ridiculous. And and, and honestly, right. if I'm Kevin Hart, I I I will apologize and just and just be that's it because I said what I said. I made my mistakes. I apologize. What more do you want from me? Go kick rocks. Right. They go ahead. And not only we'll that, go, uh, he even like he apologized years ago. Like even like there were interviews and. Things where he apologized for this stuff years ago, and now it's coming back up as exactly like, like that's the like, that's the point that doesn't make sense to me. Like he, this is stuff he already apologized for. He got passed, and he's even he's done charitable stuff for the LGB, the LG at that. It's a, it's, it's a tongue twister. It's a tongue twister. Yeah, it is. Like he's done things for like he's done charitable things, and now it's coming back up as if it's new, which is 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 ten years ago, more than that. You know something? Like, you must be a real dweeb to sit on your to research ten years of tweets. ten. Like, come on! Like, what are you doing with your life? Like, it's crazy. Just, like, but this is this is the thing. I don't even think that they're doing that just to just to you know dig up old dirt. I feel like they've been doing this for every um, celebrity or everybody. I feel like that's just the new trend, and that's the sad part about. Uh, social media is that people can literally destroy your life and destroy everything that you've done just because you either you know said something wrong which in most cases or some cases if you did say something like terribly wrong that that you know there's consequences for that no matter what um but you and not to to make excuses for kevin hart but kevin hart is a comedian man let comedians do their work yeah, exactly. this isn't somebody. This isn't him just saying, going out saying, "Yo." First of all, this this is another thing. This is his kids, right? He's not going around saying, "Yo, I hate, I hate, uh, you know, gay people. I hate, you know, this and that." He's not going around saying that at all. He's just saying, "Hey, he rather his kids not be a certain thing." He's even said in his his uh, his acts. Um, he's done that numerous times to where, you know, and it wasn't even a long segment where he talked about it for the whole thing, like most comedians. And I won't say no names because right now, you know, we're going to be good you know, on the politics right. side of this. But but I remember watching a lot of other comedians who weren't black and were saying a whole bunch of homophobic things and uh racist things and they were it, it was the crowd loved it and nobody ever said anything about them literally i just watched an interview if you really want to dig up old dirt i just watched an interview of somebody who was well respected around saying the word the mm, n-word yeah and 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 while another black person was in the interview and nobody ever questioned anything everybody just thought it was a big joke but is he still, you know, getting shows? Is is are they canceling? Are they making him apologize? Of course not. But they're making they're making Kevin Hart apologize because he's in he's at the top of his of his career right now. Two things. Oh, and, go go, go my, my bad. Go ahead. No, continue. okay. Two continue. things. Number one, and I'm gonna say something that people are not gonna want to hear. 
say if Kevin Hart didn't want his kids to be gay, who are you to tell him that? Who are you to tell tell him otherwise? If right. if Society if, is just if you want him to be quote unquote toxic, let him be toxic. That's the problem. People don't worry about themselves, and that's why they find themselves in precarious situations while they're worried about celebrities and not their damn selves. It's and it's ridiculous yeah. to me. And number two, cancel coaches pick and choose. People are not gonna make themselves uncomfortable by digging up dirt on their own favorites and canceling them because people they don't they don't want that. They they rather be. No. You know, they'd rather want the easy thing to cancel someone that everyone else is canceling because that's just how people are. People like to follow the trends. People don't like to think for themselves, and and and, and that's a, and that's sad. Um, Nate, what's on your mind? All right, guys. So obviously, you guys, you both know, and the fans know. Um, oh, by the way, I just want to say this is because this is definitely on my mind. I have seen that the listens have been going up. Um, and whoever is listening, I thank really you so much. The fans that we thank do you. Have. We um, appreciate you guys. You know, you guys keep us going. And yeah, we haven't been consistent, but the fact that you guys still do, um, you know, listen that that means absolutely. Lot and we're definitely gonna work on that. Uh, we even got shouted out on on Twitter by you know some some random. Uh, uh, Red, Red, it's a Twitter page I, I recently followed. It. Yeah, yeah, it was a page that you know it was a page, and they actually you know they they you know retweeted us, and I I felt as though we were doing the right mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. So, but anyway, what's on my mind right now is um this fight that's coming up. I don't know if you guys know about boxing too much, but this <laughs> fight, this Pacquiao Adrian Broner fight, is about to be something special for the boxing fans. Um, for me, the reason why it's been on my mind is because I feel like Pacquiao just needs to retire and stop fighting before he messes up his legacy. Um, and two, I feel as though this is Adrian Broner's biggest fight. And if he loses again, I'm going to be so pissed off. It's not even (laughs) Broner. I'm a big fan of you, man. Stop playing with me, bro. I got this money on you. I ain't got no time for you to be losing again. I'm not playing, bro. I'm not playing. If you lose, let me tell you something. I used to box too. You might win. I'm not gonna lie. You might win. <laughs> you heard what he said. They give him the chance to win a hundred million dollars. I'm hitting you. I'm telling you right <laughs> he now. He got the man. whole. He got the whole hood with him. I'm not playing. O O D. No, but but on a on a serious note, uh, I feel like this fight is definitely gonna gonna be big. Um, it it it's something to where we can see. Uh, boxing is shifting. Uh, well, it has shifted, I can say, um, because Pacquiao, yeah, he's he's one of the last greats that we all all know. Literally, he's undeniable. You can you can you can see him right now. You know that that's Pacquiao, and you know he will punch you dead in your face, and you will fall absolutely. To <laughs> um, so literally, um, the world is shifting. Uh, the new guys are coming in. Adrian Broner, this is your time, man. Prove it. That's the, that's what I just want to say. Prove it, bro. <laughs> I feel like I'm about to cut you off, but I feel like um, it's a it's a it, it's hitting home for me because I see Adrian Broner as somebody who can and will be um, highly respected and 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 uh, you know a champion definitely again, um, and 
I feel like Broner just doesn't get the respect because of how he lost to Maidana and because of his depression and because of him, uh, you know, his flamboyant ways. I feel like a lot of people try to put him in the same bubble as how Floyd was, but Floyd just kept winning and winning and winning. So you couldn't say anything mm-hmm. about him. But, but Broner's, he, he's not even losing. He's not just losing because he is winning fights. Don't get me wrong. He didn't lose that many fights. Any other time he was knocking, he was knocking you out. Um, but I feel like Broner doesn't get that much respect and people just hate on him and it, it, it makes him feel like um, like he has his chip on his shoulder and that's why I want him to win so bad because it's just like I want you to show why you need to be where you are. That's it. That's it. Point, point, you know, point made pretty much. Well, I'm not a Broner fan. Well, because it's a personal thing. I just, yeah, I just don't like him personally. But um, uh, I'm looking forward to the fight because it's a clash of, uh, I guess you could say, young, uh, old school versus new school, and um, yep. and I, I know a lot of people will want to see Broner win, considering the fact that number one, we don't want to see another Pacquiao made with the fight. I'm good on that, and yeah. they want to see two of the biggest loudmouths in boxing go at it because apparently whoever wins this fight is going to fight uh, Mayweather. So right. with that being said. I'm looking forward to it. Am I going to watch it? I don't know, but um, it'll be it'll be interesting to see if Pacquiao still has yeah, it, and if he's going to ruin his reputation, like Nate said, by keep fighting and maybe still losing. And that's what that's one thing I, I do not want. Does he really still mm-hmm. have it, Brandon? Like, come I, on, I, man. I, you he know, not, he's not the same. I'm not, he's not. Everybody he's knows that. Not. Because I remember, I remember when people used to fear Pacquiao. Like people did not want to fight Pacquiao. Like I want people to understand how good or how hard he was punching people. Like nobody wanted to fight mm-hmm. Pacquiao. So for me, I feel as though it's no longer the fear. Like people are just fearing the name instead right. of fighting. Yeah. What did you say, Tello? Who are you picking? I was gonna say that this is a good fight for Broner. You know, a good opportunity for him to. To kind of get out of that Mayweather spotlight, like yeah. when he was first coming up, that was kind of his thing. People were kind of, kind of shaping him to be like the next Mayweather, and then he had an unfortunate fight with Madonna, and he started losing a little bit, and people kind of, you know, casted him away. So this is a good chance for him to kind of redeem himself and get back into that, that big name, top rank respected spot. I hope yeah. he wins. Right. Bro, I'm not playing with you, bro. I already got money on you. Stop. So who, are you who are you picking for the fight? You picking? Don't use your heart. Use your. Well, I guess use whatever you want. Use, use your objectivity. Your who you sure. Who? Yeah. Who are you picking, Broner or Pacquiao? I honestly think Broner's winning. Like I'm not. That's not even a joke. Like, how about you? I, how about you, I got man? Pacquiao. This is the only reason, and I'm gonna make this short and sweet. I've boxed, right? Which means I know the insides and out. Um, by the way, you know, I was 12 and 0, so if y'all really want a problem, <laughs> he annoyed. Um, <laughs> oh, so, yeah, I, I box. I know the insides and outs. So I'm not the greatest, obviously, but Broner can fight. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah. I don't care how he, if he does the Philly shell. I don't care what he's doing. If he's, he knows how to fight and he knows mm-hmm. how to win. He hits hard. He's faster than Pacquiao. That's number one. He's quicker than Pacquiao, and he has the IQ. It's just sometimes he, you know, it, it doesn't always go well. What I think yeah. happens is I think he needs another trainer, but that's besides the point. We'll see what happens after this fight. All right. Yeah, yeah. I'm going with Broner too, only because 
I'm from the hood, and you got the hood. H O O. Anyways, what's on your mind, Brandon? <laughs> I don't like that live. Joker live. Any quality to sell laugh is going on uh, on Twitter right now, but I'm getting there. Um. Uh-huh. So on Sunday, last Sunday, I f- saw the first. Chicago Bears playoff game since 2011. And it ended in a double doink. <laughs> by the kicker by the name of Cody Parkey. A kicker that has missed 11 kicks for the season, but the Bears yet did not cut him because of a money issue. And let's be clear about one thing. I was never on a Cody Parkey sympathy train. Because I think I, I, I think he just stinks. It's just that simple. I think oh. he stinks. But then, and, and, you know, he had people, you know, on his side saying, it's okay, you know, these things happen. Don't threaten him. Don't do not do anything like that. But then he goes on today's show. You mean to tell me there are guys that play their behinds off and you're going on a sympathy tour? Cody Parkey, what the hell are you doing? You are the same guy that missed 11 kicks this season. And you had a game where you had multiple extra points hit off the crossbar. Now, I don't know if you know. And me, and I definitely don't know because I'm not a kicker. If I play football, I'll be a wide receiver. That's, that's the point. I'm not a kicker, but I, what, what I do know, yes, yeah, I, 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 said, I, said, go, I said what I said. <laughs> <laughs> this is the end, bro. Let him go. Yeah. He know that's he know that's not true, but go ahead. Go ahead. We gonna touch on that later. I'm, I'm gonna get you, but uh, I, I you know I, I'm not a kicker, but I do know that the the the, the ball is supposed to go through the uplights, not into the, the goalposts. <laughs> now, I just want to point out before you keep going, just know that we tipped that, but continue what you're saying. Nah, it didn't, it didn't do it do it do that much for it. ball hit the. No, it did. It definitely did. But continue, continue what you're saying. All, All right, right so. It's easy to blame Parky, and I, I put a lot of blame on him because I think he just absolutely stinks. But <laughs> the Bears, Ryan Pace probably should be the executive of the year in football for turning this much maligned franchise into, into a 12-4 team. I think he dropped the ball on this one because you cannot name your kicker that misses 11 kicks that still keeps his job. And I don't care if it's a money issue or not. You didn't care about the fear of the fans going into the playoffs because one thing the Bears fans feared was the fact that he would be the guy called upon to win us a playoff game. And everyone was at fear with that. So with that being said, Cody Parkey needs to go in the offseason. There's no way in the world that he can recover from being just abuse from Chicago fans. I'm not going to say, oh, he he deserved to get abused, but, like, he deserved the criticism that he, he's gotten. So with that being said, Cody Parker cannot come back to the Chicago Bears. Ryan Pace needs to find a kicker. And honestly, there's only one kicker that Chicago Bears fans will be pleased with. And that's number nine, Robbie Gold. And if you get him back, you'll be the great, great, you'll be in great graces of Chicago Bears fans because we already love you, Ryan Pace. You've done a hell of a job turning this football team around, but you have to get the kicker position right because it has been an issue ever since Robbie Gould left. And you are the same GM that released him. Go get mm-hmm. Robbie Gould. 
and I don't want to see Cody Parkey back on the bench next season. <laughs> so did you have any sympathy for him? No, not announced. Not announced. Not announced. I mean, you kind of no. have to no. at the I end know, of the man. day. Because just because you're having a bad season or, like, you know, a bad he, – he, it's it's not a good stretch for him. But at the end of the day, he is your teammate. Like, he does hit Cole. He does hit him. It's not, it's not like he misses all the time. Nate, let me know what kicker keeps his job after missing 11, 11, 11 kicks a season. I understand. But is I that understand. really his fault or is that more – But that's not – yeah, no, I, but but really. but you listen to me. I think it's both it's both sides' fault. I absolutely agree with that. That's but, what I'm saying. You can't blame everything on him because he does do what he's asked to do. Like this, it it's not his fault that he's like, all right, man, you gotta go outside and, and, and kick the ball 55 yards. Like that's hard, man. You I know, I know it's hard, but there are kickers out there that can do it. There's not kickers True. out there that will miss 11 kicks in the season and repeatedly hit the crossbar. That's all I'm You're saying. Right. I'm the, I'm the, you You're know, right. it's, and you can't blame me for not having sympathy because as ma- at this point, I don't give a damn about feelings. I care about winning playoff games. I can't. Well, I yeah, want to be yeah. in the Super Bowl within the next five years because that's our window. And and for the yeah, fact that and for the fact that Mitchell Trubisky played well in the fourth quarter and put them in position to win the game, especially when he has been the butt of everyone's jokes this season. Everyone said you cannot win with Mitchell Trubisky, and what did he do? He put his team in position to win, but it got messed up. And so the narrative is going to keep continuing about him that he's just not that good of a quarterback. Deshaun Watson is better, even though Deshaun Watson did not play as good as everyone thought he would. But that's another discussion for another day. So you're just gonna keep missing the point that the kick was tipped. But matter of fact, I do want to ask two questions mm-hmm. real quick. Just two questions, um, because you did bring up that uh, you said the Bears did make you know the best turnaround. Mm-hmm. I just want to ask two questions. One, what the hell happened to the Cardinals? Why are they three and thirteen? And two. I just want to know if anybody's going to say anything about the Brian, the Browns winning seven games because that's okay. So the Cardinals had a lot of injuries this year. They had a rookie quarterback, and they did have a system to help him uh, develop. So that's why he, um, Steve Wilkes, was ousted. He was scapegoated, and I think he was unfairly fired. And I thought, honestly, it from looking at it, he got screwed because Cliff Kingsbury was not a particularly good college coach and he got hired. And I think that's a little ridiculous. I have no, I have no ill will against Cliff Kingsbury because I think he's an excellent offensive mind. But the fact that he had a losing coaching record and gets an NFL job, something's not right. But I'm glad Steve Wilkes landed in Cleveland. And that leads into Cleveland winning seven games. I think they made the right hire in Freddie Kitchens. I think it's, it's, it's good to keep the continuity between him and Baker Mayfield going. And um, they, they're putting together a hell of a staff. Tom Monken, the guy that coached uh, offense in, in Tampa Bay, he's on the staff. Steve Wilkes, who recently got fired from Arizona, he's on the staff. Oh, yeah, he it, is on the staff. I'm telling you, Cleveland can yeah. easily, with a good offseason, they can win the AFC North next season. You heard it here first. I'm not. I'm not. Bro, the Steelers are still there. The Steelers are still there, but is it is it Antonio Brown going to be with the Steelers next season? The Ravens. The Raven is is Lamar Jackson going to be improved enough to uh, uh, win them uh, nine games? Don't you ever, 
and that's what I meant to bring up earlier before we uh, close this um, podcast. Lamar Jackson is he's he's showing. I'm not saying he's gonna be the best in the in the next year or two, but he's showing himself out. Like he's he's proving himself. Not in that playoff game though. No, not in the playoff game. Which you he know, didn't look um, good. He did not look good, and I can nobody's gonna make no excuses for him. You you're you're in the NFL now, man. Exactly. You can't. You can't. You need this. you need like, to you throw the to ball. You can't just be a. You need you can't just be a running quarterback. Yeah, like you can't. I mean, yo, it run. It works for you, man. It works, but not everybody's Michael Vick. You literally have to throw the ball. Yeah. That's why you have wide exactly. receivers. But uh, yeah, that's all I have for today. That's all. About you guys. Um. Yeah, that's all we have for today. I mean, I hope that we could consistently do this on Sundays, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. Because this is fun for me. I love talking to you guys about sports. It keeps my it keeps my day fresh. It keeps my. I don't even like these guys. That that's, that's fine. That's fine. But the feeling ain't mutual, you know. So I'm saying, <laughs> but um, but um, yeah, we're gonna, you know, we'll, we'll hopefully we'll. Break down the Super Bowl the matchup that'll be set next weekend, and um, yeah, that's all I have. What do y'all guys have? Uh, I mean, we'll see y'all soon, and I cannot wait until next Sunday because I can't wait to keep talking. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> as simple as simple as that. Because yeah, just too. just know, just know that I said what I said that the Rams are gonna win. Everybody knows that I said this. All right, so I'm gonna get off of this because I already know they're gonna grill me about my Instagram, and um, I will. Uh... <laughs> oh, we on? Yeah, don't worry, it's coming. I will talk to you guys on Sunday. Hopefully Sunday. I won't make any promises, but we'll see you soon. All right, see you guys. Peace, Peace out. out, guys. I'll see y'all soon.